Hello again, and thank you for spending some time with us on the Priority Sale Podcast. I'm Jesse Lafine. Today, I am joined by my colleague, Susan McLean. Hi, Susan. Jesse, how are you? I'm great. Uh, I want the folks to get an idea of what your background is. So if you wouldn't mind uh, helping us understand where you've been in sales and uh, who are the people you help and how. Yeah, that's a great question. So I've been in real estate, so sales for 17 years. I started as a real estate agent, uh, became the director of training for a real estate company. I was a real estate coach, and then I moved into a managing broker position uh, for what started out as a small office. We, I started with 12 agents um, and then grew it to 78 agents before moving to vice president of sales for a top 10 global Century 21 franchise. So in all that time meeting salespeople, I saw over and over that agents would limit themselves because they really lacked the mindset to be successful. So that kind of led me down um, a different path of, you know, becoming a Canfield certified success principles trainer, a certified meditation teacher, a mindset coach, and I'm also an integrity selling graduate. So I love helping salespeople develop the right mindset and the right skill set for success because it really takes both. And that's exactly why I wanted to talk to you today about this topic, um, which is something that I I see a lot uh, in the field. Uh, And that topic is why don't we like selling? (laughs) It seems seems odd that, you know, uh, a field with, you know, 5 million plus people in it in the States, at least. uh, And survey data after survey data says that most people just don't like salespeople, don't like selling. And I, I think uh, in some regard, we're both uniquely unqualified to discuss this because one of the things I really enjoy about working with you is that we both really enjoy selling. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're right. I, I think there, yeah, there really is a, a disconnect there. Um, I think the simplest answer to that question is that some industries that have really outdated sales tactics that can hurt the reputation of sales in general and of salespeople you know, as a profession, I think that, um, you know, we all think of salespeople saying things like, you know, if it were up to me, I'd give you that deal, but let me go talk to my manager. And I think that's a fine answer when it's a true answer, but when it's used as a sales tactic, I think that's what gives salespeople and sales a bad name, but it also goes back to evolution and our fears too, because most of our fears in life, we learn by the time we're five years old. Now, we don't learn fear of prospecting on the playground, but we do learn fear of rejection, fear of being laughed at, or fear of being banished from the group, right, which is an evolutionary fear, and that really goes back to early man. Like, if we did something to get banished from our tribe, it meant death. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we have this evolutionary fear in us that makes sure that we fit in, and when you ask someone for something, you ask for the sale and they say, no, that's rejection. And the more rejection we face, the more our evolutionary fear kicks in. So I think it's, you know, it, there's kind of a couple answers to that question. Um, it really depends on, you know, what side of the coin you're looking at. And what's interesting is that this is a profession where that rejection actually does affect, you know, something that is really, really important, which is income. Uh, and that part of the brain is processing pain, it's processing social fear, but it's also processing how we earn and spend money. I mean, these are all coming from the exact same part in the brain. So that evolutionary fear 
um, is probably more manifest in a selling scenario than it is maybe anywhere else in terms of like getting rejected. I don't know, uh, for, you know, in, in other circumstances of life. Yeah. Well, and you know, our, our thoughts, our habits, our behavior all lead to our belief system. And the more we're told, no, the more than we start to believe that maybe we're not good at sales or we're in the wrong, you know, the wrong, um, industry. So we really have to have this, um, you know, hundred thousand foot view of sales in general and have to understand what happens in the brain, you know, what happens when we hear no, uh, what happens in the brain when we hear a yes. And, you know, sometimes we're more afraid of the yes than we are of the no, you know, so I, we have to really kind of step back and look at, you know, everything that's leading to our fear around sales. More afraid of the yes. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you an example. Um, a big part of my job when I first started managing a sales office, um, the managing broker of that real estate office, a big part of my job was recruiting experienced agents. So I loved my job. I loved it, but I hated calling agents with other companies and asking them to come work for me, you know, or asking them to have coffee with me. But I knew that if I was going to be really successful at my job, I had to get past that fear of recruiting, of recruiting experienced agents. And I really had to examine the beliefs that I held around recruiting. So I took out a piece of paper and I wrote on it, why do I hate recruiting experienced agents? <laughs> and so I wrote the answer. I don't even like to call them. Like I hate picking up the phone. So then I went deeper, you know, what don't I like about that? And I answered, well, I'm afraid they're going to answer the phone if I call them. And then I wrote the answer to that. Like, what scares me about that? Well, I'm going to have to talk to them. Well, what scares me about that? You know, they might want to meet me. <laughs> and what scares me about that? So I really had to examine my beliefs. And you have to go at least seven layers deep. Like, I keep asking yourself that question. You know, what do I avoid doing? What am I afraid of? What are my beliefs? And what I found out personally was that it wasn't the no that I was afraid of. I could handle the no. It was really the yes that scared me because I was afraid I would call an agent and they would say, you know what, Susan? Yeah, I think you can help me grow my business. Maybe I will move over to, you know, to work for you. But what if I couldn't? What if I couldn't help them grow their business? What if I wasn't good enough? That's really where my fear of prospecting came in. So once I did that exercise and I really had to dive down into what are my true beliefs around recruiting, around selling? I found out that, you know, it wasn't the no, it was the yes. So I had to then take action, right? And I had to, I created this list of everything that I did for my agents, my company did, my staff did, that I knew no one else in the market did. And once I had that, I armed myself with that information, then I wasn't afraid of the yes. And it really changed, it transformed my ability to do my job because I understood what my beliefs were. That's such a good example of something that we teach in the priority sale, which is that when you align your solution with a priority, in, in your case, growing your business and, you know, coming over and, and doing it here, um, you actually end up taking responsibility for that priority, right? It's no longer just something where I fulfilled the order and I hope it works and, you know, we delivered the 2000 pieces on time, right? It's not a transactional arrangement anymore. It's actually you're taking on the responsibility of that priority. And so you can't just be uh, absent or, you know, do, do the handoff, if you will, as soon as that thing is sold, uh, you're carrying that responsibility for your solution, solving that priority throughout its entire engagement, right? 
I think you touched on this earlier, like people don't want to be sold, right? You know, no one wants to be sold and, you know, I'm going to beat that salesperson, you know, they're not going to sell me. But studies have really shown that people with a view of sales, like it's a process that they have to convince someone to buy something, they really have lower achievement drive, meaning they're not good salespeople anyway. And so when you look at sales with, you know, like you said, that overall view of this has to be right for both of us, this has to be the best fit, the most successful salespeople are the ones who move the emotions of their prospects. Tony Robbins says that all sales are a transference of belief, and you have to believe that your product is the best fit for your prospect. And that's where a lot of, I think, salespeople go wrong because they don't have that strong belief. And, and if you look at sales, you know, like it's you're trying to convince someone of something, it's not a good fit for either side. And you then you won't be, you know, great at your job. So it's it's understanding that belief system. It starts with you and then it's transferring it to your prospect because people buy with emotions and they justify with logic. And what we see is in those situations, even if you are able to be successful convincing somebody to do something, they're going to have a lot of remorse afterward. Uh, They aren't going to value that solution very much. And we all know how hard it is to go get new prospects. If you're not, you know, continually optimizing your relationship with your current book of business, it's really, really hard to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Something interesting that you started to to touch on that I want to revisit just just quickly. Um, this fear of rejection and uh, the the list that you made. Why am I afraid of this? So, okay, here's the outcome of that, and why am I possibly afraid of that? That actually sounds like something that can be worked on, can be changed. Is that sort of your view? Yeah, you definitely um, you can definitely change your beliefs, and to change your belief system, you really have to to start questioning the beliefs that you have. And you're doing that exercise, you know, what scares me about this? What don't I like about this part of my job? So whether it's the prospecting, the closing of the sale, you know, whatever it is that you tend to put off, you've got a belief system around that part of your job. And so you really have to start questioning the beliefs that you have. And if I hadn't done that exercise, I would have assumed like a lot of people that I was afraid of the rejection, you know, the no was going to hurt my feelings and it had nothing to do with that. So you definitely have to do that exercise, but I think it also, um, it, it also leads into understanding the thought emotion cycle because the thought emotion cycle is really where everything in life starts, including our ability to hit our sales goals. So when we think of thought, our brain creates this chemical that signals our body to feel the way that we were just thinking. We feel that emotion and then we think more thoughts in alignment with that emotion which is pretty cool until we think a negative thought, right? My friend, she calls it spiraling, you know, and we've all, we've all done it, whether it's, you know, over something small or something, you know, we lose a sale or something big, we start spiraling into that thought emotion cycle. So, you know, it's also important to remember that when we have a negative thought and we start those negative thought spirals, that we are not our thoughts. We are actually the thinker of our thoughts, which means we can change our thoughts and think new ones, but sometimes we forget that when we get into that cycle of negative, you know, the negative thought emotion cycle, and we identify who we are with the thoughts that we think because of that cycle. So we think a thought of fear and we feel that fear, whether it's picking up the phone or closing the sale or, you know, whatever it is. And then we are that fearful person, even if it's only for a few minutes, 
we identify as that person. And the ability to really separate yourself from your thoughts is true mastery of, of life and of sales. And a simple way to stop that negative thought emotion cycle is a pattern interrupt. And a pattern interrupt is simply a physical sensation to interrupt your negative thought or behavior patterns. You can also use it for negative behavior patterns like snacking after dinner or whatever. Um, but when I realize I'm in a negative thought emotion cycle, I'll tap the side of my head and I mentally say, okay, out. Like I'm reminding myself that I'm the thinker of my thoughts. My thoughts don't control me. So often we forget that. And then we kind of, we spiral, right? But you can also snap your fingers. You can, you know, snap a rubber band on your wrist. There's lots of ways to use a pattern interrupt. Which is to your point, useful well beyond sales, right? I mentioned earlier that there may be 5 million plus salespeople in the United States, but I think one could argue that there's 360 million plus salespeople in the United States because we're all in sales in one way or another. Yeah. And we learn it from the time that we're babies. You know, when I smile at my parents, I get picked up and I get kisses and hugs and, you know, we learn those things. And then when we start dating, you know, do you, do you go on a first date without taking a shower or, you know, combing your hair? You know, we all, we're all in sales. Like you said, at all, at all points of time, even, you know, getting my kids to pick up their rooms, you know, it's not like, and I have, I mean, yes, I have go pick up your room. I'm done. <laughs> but you know, we try to do other tactics first, right? Like, yeah, you can go do this, but is your room clean? And so we're all in sales. Like you said, it's just remembering that. And it's really using the tactics that we use in dating and in, you know, parenting and in, you know, our, our personal relationships. And we transfer those to our sales job. It can make what we're doing so much easier and so much more enjoyable. So those are some things individually that we can and, and should be looking at doing to help ourselves through that. Uh, but I don't really think that this is all on individuals, right? I mean, just like so many things in sales, this requires really good leadership in order to help a team through this um, as individuals. Yeah. So um, in my time leading sales, you know, organizations and sales, you know, salespeople, I've really learned that it's so important to make sure that your salespeople, the people that work for you, they really believe, like truly believe they can hit their goals. Um, what I've seen happen, what I think what usually happens in corporate America is, you know, the company's sales goal is set by the owner or the senior leadership, whomever. And it's divided by the number of salespeople taking into account their years of experience or with the company. But we never really ask if that salesperson truly believes they can hit their goal. Now we might say, hey, what do you think about this? Are you good with this goal for the year? But we don't really sit down, look them in the eye and say, do you really believe that you can hit this? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what our goal is if we don't think we can get there, if we don't think we can hit it. And so I think we really, as sales leaders, have to have those, those um, very open and honest conversations with our salespeople. We have to identify the beliefs that we hold around those goals, right? You know, doing that exercise, look at our patterns and habits that might hold us back from hitting it. And I then start to identify what do we need to learn, practice, or get better at to hit our goal, which again, I think is something that's missing sometimes in the sales industry. We hand down our goals and I'm, I'm certainly guilty of doing this, right? We hand down the goals to the people that work for us. 
Are you good? Got it. Okay. I know you can hit it. Good job. High five. Go get him, Tiger. Right. Yep. But we don't ask, okay, what do you need to get better at to hit this goal? What do you need to practice? And so it's really looking at that and um, making sure that we're truly leading them down the path of getting better, like that personal development to hit those goals. That could potentially be a somewhat scary conversation for a sales manager uh, because we're getting into territory where, you know, it's beliefs and uh, one could almost even like approach it like, oh, well, it's just their personality to be like that. Uh, How do you have that conversation if you're in sales management with somebody who may be displaying this sort of lack of belief? So I think it's hard for the sales manager and it's also hard for the salesperson. I mean, these are hard conversations. So if I'm the salesperson and my manager looks at me and says, do you really believe you can hit your goals? What's my answer going to be? Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> no, you know, yeah. so, you know, it really, number one, it, it's, it's leading with transparency. That was, that's always been a pillar of um, my work and my professional life, but you know, or work and personal life, but leading with transparency, if we sit down and we have these conversations of, you know, let's have this open conversation, because when we all are rowing in the same direction, we were much better as an organization, we get to our destination faster, but it is a hard conversation to have as a sales manager, especially if that's not um, your style of management. So if it's not, I would highly suggest that you bring in someone that that really um, is comfortable going down that path with your salespeople. If it's an outside person, maybe it's someone else in your organization that maybe might be a, a good, um, you know, mediator between the two. But if you're not comfortable having those conversations, you're not going to get to those deeply rooted beliefs and fears that your salespeople have. So you'll end up having the same results over and over every single year if you don't get out of those habits that we have. Uh, For anybody that uh, wants further information or wants to explore that topic a little, little bit more, I would recommend the book Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Right. Um, any other resources or things that you'd like to recommend? Um, well, I'm, uh, again, you know, I think Jack Canfield from a success principles is a fantastic resource as far as what are the things that I need to have in alignment in order to hit my goals. Um, and it's the, it's the behavior, it's the thoughts, it's the habits. So the success principles book, um, is fabulous. And it's probably one of the the books, um, that changed my life. It's the thing that made me say, okay, I want to be able to train on this because these, um, these thoughts, these habits, these behaviors that we should all um, envelop and practice in our, and not in our, only in our work life, but in our personal life, they can make a huge change in um, the results that we're having. So that's definitely a route to go. Um, if they have any questions, they can reach out to me at, um, you know, naturalsuccessinstitute.com. Um, I'm happy to, you know, to answer any questions or point them in the right direction too. This is all been really fascinating. I know I could talk for hours about this and explore this topic, uh, but uh, Susan, thank you so, so much for joining us. Thanks, Jesse. I really enjoyed it. You can find out more about the Priority Sale by visiting thepriorityseal.com. That's also where you can go contact us to tell us your thoughts or why our opinions are very bad. Or if you heard something you like and think others would like it too, share us with a friend or give us a rating on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. 
Priority Sale is produced by Tiffany Jordan and Jesse Lafine. Editing and original music by Mark Hurdle. Priority Sale is a registered trademark of Revenue Path Group, Incorporated, all rights reserved. <laughs>